and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope you're having a wonderful week. We're joining you in your ears once again to share some of the amazing dream visitation stories that you guys have been emailing into us. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback on that, which I hope means you guys are enjoying it. So sit back and relax and join us around the virtual table as we share some wonderful stories that really confirm that something magical and mystical is happening when we think we're just sleeping. You want to to start us off? Yes. Uh, I just listened to your most recent podcast episode in which you asked for stories about dream visitations. Unfortunately, I don't have an amazing story for you, but I do have a question. To give you some quick background, my mother passed away when I was 13 years old. And if it wasn't obvious then, it sure became obvious as time went on that I hadn't dealt with the loss. I've always been an extremely lucid dreamer. Ever since I can remember, I've been able to communicate and rationalize with myself while dreaming. And I've been able to go back to sleep in order to jump back in and finish a dream. There have even been times in my life, especially when the dream is of an ordinary or mundane situation similar to my real life, where my dreams were so real to me that I briefly confused them with memories. With that being said, I used to have clear, vivid dreams of my mother in the years after her death. I can still feel the dreams to this day, and I'm now 35. She came to me several times, and in in each and every dream, I said out loud to myself and her, this isn't real. You're dead. Go away. And I'd wake myself right up. It got to the point where a dream would begin. I'd see her and just say no. Immediately leave the dream. I now feel terrible because she probably had a message or intention for the visit and she didn't even stand a chance. Eventually, my mom did exactly as I'd asked and I haven't dreamed of her since. Clearly, it was just too painful for me then. I've done a lot of growing and healing in my adult life and I wish so badly I could connect with her again. I've tried talking to her, asking for signs, inviting her into my dreams, praying, asking my guides to help me connect and nothing, just crickets. A few years ago, my father passed away, and shortly after, my sister and I were having difficulty locating his will. As a last-ditch effort, I asked a medium that I know if she could ask my father where it was. His response when she asked was, I'm just getting the hang of this dead thing, and you want me to do what? Well, she definitely had the right guy. He was no help, but he did say that my mother was sort of waiting in the wings saying, ask me. My mom said that my father couldn't do that kind of stuff yet, but she'd been there a while, so if we need help with anything, to ask her. Since then, I've tried connecting to her in lots of other ways, like asking for various signs, but haven't noticed any. I tried inviting her to meet with me in the Akashic Records, and I think she came, but I'm still pretty green and had a hard time seeing who was around me. Maybe I just need to keep trying and be patient. I'm not sure. Obviously, I know she's capable of dream visits, so surely she could find a way to slip into one, right? I recognize that I'm in a very busy season of my life, and my dream life isn't as active as it once was. I wonder if I'm getting the dreams and I'm just too tired to remember them, or if she's sending me signs in another way and I'm not recognizing them, or maybe she can't come back because I kicked her out. 
I can't be the only one who has this struggle. Would love to hear your feedback, ladies, and a huge thank you for always taking the time to respond to me and all the other listeners. I really find that including us in your show and connecting us all in this way is helping to strengthen our awareness of that universal web we're all tied into. That's a very beautiful letter and so much. So what do you think on that, considering you're, you're kind of our resident dream guru here? <laughs> I don't know about that. One thing that stands out to me in this email is there's so much focus and attention on the mother not coming in the dreams. And I think whatever we perseverate on and focus on is what we keep manifesting. And so I think if she could kind of let this go for a while, that would be a really, really big help. Something else she can do is tell her mother that it's okay to come to a friend in a dream. I think she's on the right track by asking her mother to come into her meditations, like when she did the Akashic Records meditation. I think that's a great thing. Very often when our loved ones first cross over, they are so motivated to let us know they're okay, that they made it to the other side. And then once they're fully acclimated on the other side, there isn't that strong, intense motivation. It's kind of like when your friend moves across the country and before she's settled into her job or met people, maybe she calls or texts you every day. And then as she settles into her new location, maybe you guys touch base once a week. Do you know what I mean? It's like, as you get more used to being on the other side, you don't have that motivation and they're super busy over there too. They have jobs and things like that. So I, I would really hope that this listener doesn't berate herself or feel bad for the way she responded in those initial dreams because that's just really normal. I think most of us have that response of like, wait, this is, this can't be you. You're, you passed on, you're dead. And so I hope she, she forgives herself. And I think as she focuses on forgiving herself and letting this go, releasing this, it'll create the perfect energy for her mother to indeed come in a dream. That's incredible. And I do think it's amazing how much to me, having that level of control in a dream of being able to turn it on and off, I, I love that. I, I, can you develop that skill, do you think, or is it more innate? No, I definitely think you can develop it. Again, it's about motivation and setting the intent and practicing and being patient, but always with that balance of surrender. Because it's weird when we're trying to do something in our life, if we want it so intensely, it almost kills it before we can manifest it. That's a very good point. You know, so you've got to practice these skills with this, this attitude of, of surrender. It's like, I, I read this fascinating article on beginner's luck. You ever notice how, like when you try something new, like maybe, maybe you pick up a tennis racket for the first time and the ball just goes swinging beautifully over the net. And you're like, Oh, look at me. I should have been doing this since I was nine. I'd be, you know, at Wimbledon now. And then the person hits the ball back to you and you can't hit it back to save your life. Well, they've actually done research on beginner's luck. And the reason why people are often really good when they try something the first time is because they have no expectation. They're just like, oh, let me try this. And because they have no expectation, because they're not insisting that it look or feel or 
or have an outcome of a certain way, that's the exact energy we need for success in whatever we're trying to manifest, whether it's a dream or a job or a relationship. Very, very good advice. Okay. Our next one says, my husband is the family member who gets visited. Not often, but when he does, the messages are like terrific conversations. By the way, he doesn't really believe in psychic stuff, so he chalks this all up to a dream and is not one to title it a visitation. He had my parents visit not long after they passed, and the message was, tell your wife we're okay. He said they were very young looking and were on a road in Hawaii, which is where my dad was stationed when I was an elementary age child. I can just imagine the green station wagon we took to Bellows Air Force Base, military only beach. We never went anywhere else and even saw the Charlie's Angels filming in the 70s there. Another time we took a cruise with my brother's family. And again, my husband got a visit by my dad. He asked my husband what year it was and who won won the Super Bowl. I guess they don't know that in heaven. (laughs) I love that. So this is such a great example of a dream visit. And I think it's great that her husband acknowledges these dreams and shares them, but doesn't, you know, won't label it psychic. That makes a lot of sense, but I love that he's still open to it. And there are elements to these two dream experiences that really ring true. First of all, when we're on the other side, we can go anywhere we want on earth, right? We can, we can go anywhere. We can look any way we want. We have so much um, ability to travel in that different dimension. And of course, wouldn't you travel to the places on earth that made you the, the happiest, where you had the best memories of raising your family? So it makes sense that they would appear in Hawaii, where as a child, she and her family had all these beautiful memories. And I love that you know, the dad came back again when they were on a cruise making new family memories and appeared in a dream just to check in and say, hey, who won the Super Bowl? I would think that they would know that information in heaven, but that might have just been her father's way of saying, this is definitely me. Because like, for example, Denise, if my dad came to you in a dream and asked you who won the Super Bowl, I would have to say, I'm so sorry, Denise, but that was not my dad. Because my dad never (laughs) watched the Super Bowl or cared about sports at all. But clearly her dad did. And so this is a way of saying, yes, it's me. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it felt very just a friendly, open conversation, which is what a lot of dream visitations are like. It's normal. It's just like you're visiting with people that you haven't seen in a long time. Exactly. Our next one says, I'm emailing you from Ireland. My dream visitation occurred back in 2005, and it was so profound it stayed with me since, and I've drawn great comfort from it in difficult moments. At the time, I was suffering from postnatal depression and feeling very low, so, so much that I actually felt suicidal. One day, I left my house with no intention of returning alive, but for some reason, I looked in the window as I was leaving and saw my children playing. At that point, I realized I couldn't leave them and follow through with my plan. So I returned inside the house and went to bed. I fell asleep pretty quickly. I had a dream where I was going about my daily business and my grandmother, who I was very close to and who passed away back in 1993, was standing behind me. She was speaking in a different language. When I woke up from the dream, I had a profound knowing that even if I couldn't see or hear my granny, 
that she was always there supporting me from the other side. I've had many dream visitations over the years, but this is the one that stayed with me most. Keep up the good work. You're offering so much validation to so many people who otherwise feel alone on their spiritual journey. I think that we, I, I do, and I think Samantha, you do as well. We love hearing from you because it validates for us as well. We're, we're all in this together. And when we get these notes or we get these dreams or we get these validations, I, that that impacts us as well. So thank you. hundred percent. And I, you know, the fact that that's a pretty dire place to be in your life, to feel like you don't have any options and you just want to leave. You're ready to leave. You're ready to be done. And for her grandmother to come in was such a vivid visit, even if she was speaking in another language. And I don't know if the, the uh, dreamer could understand the language, but she understood the intent that she was being watched over and safe. And it just touched my heart. It so touched my heart. Me too. And it, and it makes you want, like my first thought was, well, maybe she was speaking Gaelic, but I'm sure if she grew up in Ireland, she would recognize that. So then I thought maybe she was speaking that light language, you know, that's just had some healing words. But I also thought maybe she was speaking in a different language because the words don't matter. What mattered was the emotion of you are loved and supported and you're going to get through this and I'm going to help you do it. Yes. And also a really good point of they stay so crystal clear for so many years, decades. You can still remember the touch or the look or the feeling or the emotion. And I just think that's incredible. I do too. All right. Our next one says, I consider myself so very lucky to have had dream visitations with three out of four of my grandparents so far. Sadly, all four of them passed within the last five years but it feels so heartwarming and beautiful to have been able to see and spend time with them in the dreamland. Out of the four of them, I was closest in life to my maternal grandmother and grandfather, my Mima and Papa. I took my first steps to Papa and named my daughter born just a few months after his death after him. My first visitation was with him. When my daughter was about four months old, and my now husband and I were two months away from our wedding, I dreamt that Papa and I were walking hand in hand through a large tunnel. The tunnel looked like it was made of concrete with bright sconces on the walls, like around a football stadium. Papa played football and loved the Georgia Bulldogs in life, so the stadium setting makes sense. There were lots of other people walking past us, but we were talking and laughing and generally enjoying being together. We got to the end of the tunnel where it opened up to the outside world. It was evening, and we walked right out onto a small dance floor with beautifully strong cafe lights hanging overhead. There were other people on the dance floor celebrating, and we danced together among them. I don't remember what we said to each other, but I do remember how wonderful it felt to be in his arms, to see his smile again. I woke up with such an overwhelming feeling of love and joy. It was such a gift. My Mima passed away almost exactly a year before Papa, and my visitation with her occurred in May of 2020. My husband and I had just started trying for another baby. During the dream, I don't remember seeing Mima, but I felt her near me and heard her say that we would get pregnant on our first try. She seemed very excited about this, as she told me, and I felt so much warmth from her. About two and a half weeks later, the dream was confirmed by a pregnancy test. I know that so many people have such a tough journey trying to get pregnant 
and bring a baby to term. So I just wanted to acknowledge how incredibly lucky and grateful we feel. It was incredible to receive this news and encouragement from her. Thanks for letting me share. Wow. Okay. That is fantastic. And I love that the grandmother was there to celebrate before the baby came and the grandfather came to celebrate after the baby came. It's like this perfect bookend of dreams. I understand why she says it felt like a stadium because he loved the Georgia Bulldogs, but I see that in these dream visitation stories a lot, this idea of a tunnel or a passageway. And it makes me wonder if there are almost like dream portals or meeting places where we meet you know, where this dimension meets with the next dimension and that's where we can interact with them. I don't know. What do you think? That's a lot to think about, but in a fun way. Yeah. It really is. But, but very cool that they both came and they were so close and they acknowledged these wonderful things in her life. And you can tell the heart that's behind it just in the way the, the email is written, but also with the joy that it brought to her for having them still continue to be part of her life and her, her little baby's life. Yeah. And look at these recent examples we just read. You've got one grandmother visiting when a woman was dealing with the darkest time of her life. And then you have a set of grandparents visiting when another woman was dealing with one of the happiest times of her life. Mm -hmm. And so it's just another reminder that our loved ones on the other side are always with us through the ups and the downs, even when we can't feel them or sense them or dream about them. They're there. Yes really, really important point that they don't just show up because I, I've heard people say, I dreamt about my, you know, my husband who passed or my mother. Do you think something's wrong? Are they trying to warn me? I think sometimes they're just coming to visit too. Yes. That's, that's a really good, really good point. So our next one says, here's my dream. I was in a bedroom, standing at a desk, looking out a window across the backyard on the desk were dishes from a meal I'd just finished. In the backyard, about 60 feet away, my grandma was sitting on the lawn with the dishes from her recently finished meal. I, she looked at me across the space and telepathically communicated through the closed window. I would take my dishes into the kitchen, but if I went in there, I would fall down. I replied to her, I'm taking my dishes there now. Watch me fall. We laughed, and that was the end of the dream. The day before this dream, I'd lost my temper and handed a situ handled a situation poorly with a person I love. I was feeling particularly sorrowful that night. What I understood my grandmother to be communicating to me was this. Inside of the house represented the embodied physical world. She was outside of that physical space in a different dimension and was telling me if I came into your dimension, I'd mess up too. This dream has been a comfort to me and helps me understand that part of being in this place just means messing up sometimes. Of course, we have to learn and grow, but we can hold our failures lightly and forgive ourselves. Of note also, the telepathic communication was distinctly and powerfully different from normal dream or verbal communication, so it stood out. My grandma died over a decade ago, and I've recently become aware that she's on my team. I'm so grateful when she stops by with a little support and encouragement. Again, thank you for what you do. Another grandma. They're busy. They are busy. I um, love it. But just validating that it's okay to be human. You're still loved. I would have done the same thing. That, that's a beautiful message. It is. And it's an important one too, because even though when we die and we go to the other side, 
we still have work to do and things to to work on and we're still growing our soul and all of that. I really believe that it's here on earth that our lessons and our soul growth gets almost like imprinted on us. You know what I mean? Like I've always wondered, because everyone describes the other side as like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. Everyone's happy all the time. And I've always wondered, is that true? And, and I've also wondered, well, if that is true, then who the hell signs up to come back? Right. <laughs> and so something I've always thought about is I bet learning on the other side, I bet it's just different. It's like, if you wanted to learn how to skydive, you could go online and read books and watch videos, and you could have a really good idea of how to skydive, right? But you're not really going to know what skydiving is until you are standing there getting ready to jump off that cliff yourself. And I think that's how being on earth is. Like, I think we can learn things on the other side, but I don't think, I just think the lessons stick better when we're here on earth. What, what do you think? Or are there certain things that we can experience in the density of this vibration that we can experience? That's why I always say, you know, honor the physicality in your life because we do have a body. We do, we, we have uh, physical senses that we can use. Will that be an option in, in another dimension, realm or time? I don't know. Um, none of us do really, if you think about it. So I, I think it's important to, to uh, make the most of being here. And perhaps, you know, I, I've read many times over the years of a lot of people choose to incarnate because we do such evolved soul work here that because of the duality, because of the dark and the light, that isn't as easily addressed when it, it's not as, an, not as prevalent or, not, or doesn't exist. Because yeah. how would you be kind if you were always in the kind place? Yeah, it's like that wonderful essay C.S. Lewis wrote about how, you know, how would we know joy if we never right. knew sadness? And so we have to experience it here. I often think of the other side kind of like, did you ever see that documentary, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? No. I'm not a sports person, but I loved that documentary. And it just shows how a basketball team works and, and how much effort and talent and, and sheer drive goes into it. But when they're when they're playing the game, they're playing the game. And then when the game is over and they're preparing for the next one, they just sit with their coach and they they re-watch their games. They watch how the players on the team they're about to play, they watch those videos. So there's a lot of prep that goes into it that's how we look at the other side. Like, I think when we get over there, we're going to do our life review and look at our life and scenes and snippets from it and look at other people's lives and how it affected ours. And we're reviewing. And then when we're getting ready to incarnate, maybe we're looking at snippets of our upcoming life and other people's, but it's, this is the game, this, this life on earth. That's, that's the NBA. That's a good analogy. Metaphor makes sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Our next one says, after I listened to your episode from April 25th, the Community Connections ones, where you discussed another listener's experience as a night worker or soul traveler, my jaw almost hit the table. I wonder if I've been doing this most of my life without understanding its purpose, and I'd love to hear your insights. I know I have mediumship abilities as well as being clairvoyant, precognitive, and empathic. 
I've had visitations from loved ones on the other side, a consultation with what I believe was my spirit guide, and an experience of being wrapped in golden light from an angel who was protecting me. I am also a very strong dreamer, and it seems that most of my intuitive adventures happen while I'm dreaming. Years ago as a teen, I was falling asleep, and the image of a woman's face appeared in my mind's eye. Her face had smudges on it, and her chestnut hair was limp and dirty, and she looked hopeless and worried about something. She looked at me as if she was expecting something from me, but I was so surprised to see her that I woke up immediately. I once appeared completely unannounced in what looked like a dusty, abandoned, one-room pioneer house that hadn't been lived in for 200 years, and startled a group of human spirits who were residing there. They looked like tiny balls of blue-white lights hovering below the ceiling, watching me. As I stood in the room looking up at them in wonder, I could hear them whispering inaudibly amongst themselves, discussing me with caution. I could also feel the energy of a woman in her early 40s and a curmudgeonly old man speaking to her, aggravated at my presence. While they were arguing, one of the other lights descended lower, and from it, I could feel the innocent and curious energy of a young girl about six or seven years of age drifting closer to study me. Instantly, I knew that the small bed with crumpled sheets in the room had been hers, and I was saddened at her short life. I felt awkward about my intrusion, which was much akin to walking off the street and barging into a stranger's house, but I was just as confused as they were. Right then, the dream ended. Looking back, I wondered if this group was a family, and if so, why were they all earthbound together? In 2017, I dreamt that I found myself walking alone at night. I was aware of being by myself, but I was my younger self as a high school student. I had been in class that day and was heading somewhere that evening. In the blink of an eye, I was in a large lit parking lot wandering around the outside of a light brown building. My location shifted again, and suddenly I stood next to the doorway of this building, hearing screams from inside and feeling utter terror taking place while hundreds of chaotic energies stampeded through the interior. When I began to hear a man on a loudspeaker inside telling the crowd that everything was okay, I realized in shock, what is this man playing at? Everything isn't okay. A bomb's gone off in here. I was dumbfounded by the contrast of his calm message and the reality of the events, and it was difficult to make sense of the bigger picture. The next day, I learned of the tragic bombing at the Manchester Arena during the Ariana Grande concert. Each detail matched the dream, and I felt haunted by this experience. It turned out there had in fact been a man who took to the loudspeaker to calm the crowd, but he was unaware of the cause of the bang because he was situated on the other side of the arena. It made me wonder if I traveled there as myself or took the identity of one of the young concert attendees like one layer on top of another. I also appeared on board a ship crash in Venice and witnessed the panic from the perspective of a passenger, but there were no deaths or injuries there to my knowledge. I then heard this event reported on the news the next morning. These dream events happen few and far between, and I've always been at a loss in regards to their meaning. It seems as though I'm sleeping and suddenly I'm just dropped there. I witness people suffering or floating around lost. Sometimes I connect with them, sometimes I don't. I just stare at them, confused, and try to make sense of my surroundings. But the moment I gain some information, the dream ends. I've been trying to harness my intuition for years, but almost nothing comes on demand, and I feel as if I'm blocked somehow. I have anxiety and stress in my life and often lack trust in myself. I'm strongly pulled toward providing pure love and peace to others using my hands, but I'm completely lost and feel as though I'm nowhere near what I'd love to be doing. I'd appreciate any insight you two have. 
Wow. Okay. So this is the main reason why I wrote my book, The Awake Dreamer, was to give credence and some background to these experiences, because this right here is a classic example of being a night worker or a soul traveler, because what's happening is she is, so she has this desire to help people to heal people, right? And yet in her daily life, she's a little scared of that and has daily stressors and anxieties and worries and doesn't trust herself. Denise, you and I know from our own experiences and from teaching so many students through the years, lack of self-trust is the number one block to developing your intuition. When I started having my night worker dreams, I remember the, the first gentleman who visited me, his name was Red, his nickname. He said, we've been trying to come to you for years. And he said he was very proud of himself. He said, I came up with this idea because it's not so scary in a dream, is it? And I've always thought about that because I'm I'm rarely scared when I have these night worker dreams. You know, I'm, I just kind of go with the flow. And so I wonder if what's happening is her soul is calling out and yearning to have this experience during the day on earth as a light worker, as a healer, as an intuitive. But this listener is scared and worried and all the stuff that goes along with opening up to your true gifts and abilities. And so it's kind of eking out in her dreams, but even in her dreams, she's a little bit scared. And so when she realizes in the dream, oh, I don't think this is a dream. I think I'm really here in this cabin with these ghosts, or I think I really am in this concert with this scary event that's going to happen. I think she scares herself awake. So one of the things I emphasize in The Awake Dreamer is that what you do during the day is always going to be reflected in your dreams and vice versa. So I would recommend that she work most on trusting herself. And I mean, start small. Like when you have to pick a restaurant to eat at with your friends, you make the decision. When, you know, your partner or your friend says, hey, you want to do something this weekend? Don't say, sure, what do you think? Just come up with a plan. When you're faced with the decision at work, don't hem and haw over it. Don't overthink it. Just make the decision and repeat, I am trusting myself. I trust myself to make the best decisions. The more you do that, the more it's going to filter into your dreams. And then the more confidence you have in your dreams as a night worker, the more confident you're going to become in your soul as a light worker for your day work, which I feel surely needs to be moving into this arena of, of healing and intuition because she's she's definitely got the skills. What do you think, Denise? I think the level of detail and the level of hard work that this person is doing every night. I mean, kudos right out of the gate on that one. But I agree with you. You're going somewhere to do this level of work to heal, to help, to support, to nurture. And if and curious on my part is if you're doing that full time in your dream as a night worker, as a soul traveler, does it need to manifest in your daily life as well? Or are you already fulfilling that contract or desire to be of service you're just not as consciously aware of it you know there's just so much and, and I have to admit when you were reading this I was thinking wow it would take forever to write all this down and keep all the detail and I think people forget that when you're a vivid dreamer or an avid dreamer you have to make a commitment to keep in track 
Yeah, you well, you do have to make a commitment, but sometimes these dream experiences, I when I have them, I don't even like to call them dreams because they're they're like memories. So it's it would be like saying, gosh, how do you remember that that vacation you took to I don't know, that island or Disney World? Well, well, how do you not remember it, right? And so I feel like that's how some of these experiences are. They're so profound that that you can't not remember. Because you know, you recognize that it's out of the ordinary, you know, that something, something, I want to say mystical rather than paranormal, because we've associated such spooky energy with that word paranormal, but really it just means outside the norm. And that's what these dream experiences are. They're outside the norm. That doesn't mean they're abnormal or wrong or weird. It just means they're outside the norm. And so they're going to stand out to us, but this is what our dreams do, whether they are traditional you know, metaphorical dreams or whether they are soul traveling dreams, it is our soul's way of speaking to us. Our soul is always trying to talk to us. It's us who usually tune them out because we're so busy or chaotic in our heads or our lives or working or paying bills or taking care of kids or what have you, right? But when we sit down long enough to meditate or pray or sleep, (laughs) our soul finally has a chance to talk to us. And I think her soul is telling her, do the work, work on this self-trust, work on overcoming these inner stressors and anxieties, and you will be led to the next step to fulfill your purpose in this lifetime. And it, it was interesting, you know, as I'm, rereading the last paragraph of this that it says she said I just stare at them confused and try to make sense of my surroundings but the moment I've gained some information the dream ends so is this almost you had shared years years ago now that when you first started doing this work and you would dream that you were going to school at night to learn your skills as an intuitive as a medium and then it was very vivid and real and you'd see the same people I wonder if this is almost a training ground as that she's observing and and seeing it through other people's eyes. And so that she's getting ready to embrace this in this lifetime and in her waking life. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think she needs to prime her subconscious. So she should read as many books as she can get her hands on or watch as many documentaries on people who do this woo-woo work. You know, it helped me so much when I just read every memoir I could get my hands on going back a hundred years to very, very recent of other psychics and mediums, how they had awakened to their abilities. And it started to normalize it to me because I know in the beginning I was like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, no, I am not going to do this work and be labeled weird the rest of my life. And I kept resisting it and pushing it away. And it was only when I started to really immerse myself in this world and get to know these people and, and think, well, they're, they're not strange. They're normal, just like me. Maybe, maybe I can live a normal grounded life and still help people in this, in this way. So that, that might help her too. Yeah. And help her find her unique signature, her unique blueprint to connecting. So some things may resonate from one person, something else from someone else, but huge, huge believer in whether it's this intuition, healing work, whatever you're doing, make it your own. And you're going to build a much stronger connection with spirit and your team and your own inner knowing in life. 
We have time for another one, yes? I think we have time for one more. Okay. I've always had a difficult time remembering my dreams. I took your advice and started writing down what I could remember and sleeping with an amethyst crystal in my pillowcase. The dreams are slowly coming to me with increasing detail. One night I experienced the most vivid dream I can ever recall. I was inside another woman's body seeing through her eyes. I knew that I was only there to observe and shouldn't be afraid. There was nothing I could do to change anything. I also knew without any explanation to support it that the woman was my Italian great-grandmother, Nancy. To my shock, when we looked down, she was protectively holding an infant in her arms. We were in a dark basement of a house that I didn't recognize, and she was standing across from a man in a brown military uniform that looked World War II era. I had a gut feeling this was a brother of hers. I could sense what she was feeling so intensely that I didn't hear the words that were said, just the feelings behind them. The man was very confident and charming. I knew he was trying to manipulate the situation and that he had negative intentions. Nancy felt threatened by him. She turned away from the man and walked up the stairs and tried to shut the door that was at the top. He suddenly flew up the stairs behind her and she was so afraid. She slammed the door shut just as he was approaching. That was the moment I woke up, heart racing. I quickly went to write this down in my journal as I always do with the date at the top. I was shocked when I wrote October 8th. That was the birth date of my grandfather, whose mom was Nancy. He was born in 1945. He also happened to be about two weeks short of the day he passed away two years prior. I don't know what to make of it, but I'm grateful for the experience. Oh my, that's the category if you can't make this stuff up. I know. It almost feels like a life review memory, doesn't it? Like like something that has to be re-experienced to be released? Yeah, just to jump the tracks a little bit. I was talking with a group of people the other night and they were talking about synchronicities of trauma in their family lineage. We we were talking about ancestral healing and how certain events have happened for people throughout their lineage at this, well, maybe losing a child or, you know, different, all different kinds of events, but just how it was the same that like almost identical, the same uh, lifetime after lifetime, you know, with this grandmother, granddaughter, great granddaughter, and it kept replaying and replaying. So I, I agree with you that I do feel like this is something more, but also was was this a message for this person in some way with the dates, with the knowing it was her her great grandmother, knowing that this baby was there and the brother. I just love trying to put the puzzle pieces together with dreams. I do too. And, you know, something that I've done a lot in my dream experiences is, and I've seen other people with me in these dream experiences, but there's always angels there too and spirit guides. And it's almost like they need the soul traveler to hold the link between this world and the next and, and will witness a life review. And I wonder if, her grandfather, who had just passed away, you know, two years before this dream, I wonder if he was just going through a life review and this listener was was witnessing it with him and for him. And this was something that he probably didn't consciously remember because he was an infant when his mother was feeling this way, right? But mm-hmm. 
maybe his soul remembered and it was something just like a like a dotting the the i's and crossing the t's like as he completes his life review he needed to let that go i don't know just what popped into my head but it it could be like that that makes sense that makes a lot of sense wow just some something amazing to think about isn't it like what what is really happening when we sleep? I really do believe our soul is journeying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to have to end it there because we've run out of time and I'm looking through our notes. We have so many more wonderful stories to share. So maybe we'll do a part three, Denise. <laughs> I think we, we might need to, because even though there's a thread between them, each one is so individual to the person that wrote it in. But some of the feedback that we've gotten from folks, they've had similar dreams or situations or and and it's helping. So yeah. I think it's very interesting. <laughs> I, I do too. I, I love this stuff. So if you guys want to share your own dream visitation story, you can always email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. We hope you join us on our Facebook page. You can find us by searching enlightened empaths. And if you have a moment, we'd love it if you'd leave us a kind review on your listening platform or tell a friend. It really helps us to grow our community of connected people. We hope you have a great, wonderful, and happy, happy week. Please remember as always to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.